You are listening to Section 13, Fables 241 through 260 of 300 Aesop's Fables, translated by George Filer Townsend. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Recording by Michael Armenta. 241. The Fox and the Lion. A fox saw a lion confined in a cage, and standing near him, bitterly reviled him. The lion said to the fox, It is not thou who revilest me, but this mischance which has befallen me. 242. The Owl An owl, in her wisdom, counseled the birds that when the first acorn first began to sprout, to pull it all up out of the ground and not allow it to grow. She said acorns would produce mistletoe, from which an irremediable poison, the bird line, would be extracted and by which they would be captured. The owl next advised them to pluck up the seed of the flax which men had sown, as it was a plant which boded no good to them. And lastly, the owl, seeing an archer approach, predicted that this man, being on foot, would contrive darts armed with feathers which would fly faster than the wings of the birds themselves. The birds gave no credence to these warning words, but considered the owl to be beside herself and said that she was mad. But afterwards, finding her words were true, they wondered at her knowledge and deemed her to be the wisest of birds. Hence it is that when she appears, they look to her as knowing all things, while she no longer gives them advice, but in solitude laments their past folly. 243. The Trumpeter Taken Prisoner A trumpeter, bravely leading on the soldiers, was captured by the enemy. He cried out to his captors, Pray, spare me, and do not take my life without cause or without injury. I have not slain a single man of your troop. I have no arms, and carry nothing but this one brass trumpet. That is the very reason for which you should be put to death, they said. For while you do not fight yourself, your trumpet stirs all the others to battle. 244. The Ass in the Lion's Skin An ass, having put on the lion's skin, roamed about in the forest and amused himself by frightening all the foolish animals he met in his wanderings. At last, coming upon a fox, he tried to frighten him also, but the fox no sooner heard the sound of his voice than he exclaimed, I might possibly have been frightened myself, if I had not heard your bray. 245. 
The Sparrow and the Hare A hare, pounced upon by an eagle, sobbed very much and uttered cries like a child. A sparrow upbraided her and said, Where now is thy remarkable swiftness of foot? Why were your feet so slow? While the sparrow was thus speaking, a hawk suddenly seized him and killed him. The hare was comforted in her death, and expiring, said, Ah, you, who so lately, when you supposed yourself safe, exalted over my calamity, have now reason to deplore a similar misfortune. 246. The Flea and the Ox A flea thus questioned an ox, What ails you, that being so huge and strong, you submit to the wrongs you receive from men, and slay for them day by day, while I, being so small a creature, mercilessly feed on their flesh and drink their blood without stint. The ox replied, I do not wish to be ungrateful, for I am loved and well cared for by men, and they often pat my head and my shoulders. Woe's me, said the flea, this very patting which you like, whenever it happens to me, brings with it my inevitable destruction. 247. The Goods and the Ills All the goods were once driven out by the ills from that common share which they each had in the affairs of mankind. For the ills, by reason of their numbers, had prevailed to possess the earth. The goods wafted themselves to heaven and asked for a righteous vengeance on their persecutors. They entreated Jupiter that they might no longer be associated with the ills, as they had nothing in common and could not live together, but were engaged in unceasing warfare and that an indissoluble law might be laid down for their future protection. Jupiter granted their request, and decreed that henceforth the ills should visit the earth in company with each other, but that the goods should one by one enter the habitations of men. Hence it arises that ills abound. For they come not one by one, but in troops, and by no means singly, while the goods proceed from Jupiter, and are given, not alike to all, but singly and separately, and one by one, to those who are able to discern them. 248. The Dove and the crow. A dove, shut up in a cage, was boasting of the large number of young ones which she had hatched. A crow, hearing her, said, My good friend, cease from this unseasonable boasting. The larger the number of your family, 
the greater your cause of sorrow in seeing them shut up in this prison-house. 249. Mercury and the Workman A workman, felling wood by the side of a river, let his axe drop, by accident, into a deep pool. Being thus deprived of the means of his livelihood, he sat down on the bank and lamented his hard fate. Mercury appeared and demanded the cause of his tears. After he told him his misfortune, Mercury plunged into the stream and, bringing up a golden axe, inquired if that were the one he had lost. On his saying that it was not his, Mercury disappeared beneath the water a second time, returned with a silver axe in his hand, and again asked the workman if it were his. When the workman said it was not, he dived into the pool for a third time and brought up the axe that had been lost. The workman claimed it and expressed his joy at its recovery. Mercury, pleased with his honesty, gave him the golden and silver axes in addition to his own. The workman, on his return to his house, related to his companions all that had happened. One of them, at once, resolved to try and secure the same good fortune for himself. He ran to the river and threw his axe on purpose into the pool at the same place sat down on the bank to weep. Mercury appeared to him, just as he hoped he would, and having learned the cause of his grief, plunged into the stream and brought up a golden axe, inquiring if he had lost it. The workman seized it greedily, and declared that truly it was the same axe he had lost. Mercury displeased at his knavery, not only took away the golden axe, but refused to recover for him the axe he had thrown in the pool. 250. The Eagle and the Jackdaw An eagle, flying down from his perch on a lofty rock, seized upon a lamb and carried him aloft in his talons. A jackdaw, who witnessed the capture of the lamb, was stirred with envy, and determined to emulate the strength and flight of the eagle. He flew around with a great whirr of his wings, and settled upon a large ram with the intention of carrying him off, but his claws became entangled in the ram's fleece and he was not able to release himself, although he fluttered with his feathers as much as he could. The shepherd, seeing what had happened, ran up and caught him. He at once clipped the jackdaw's wings, and taking him home at night, gave him to his children. On their saying, Father, what kind of bird is it? He replied, To my certain knowledge, he is a doll, but he would like you to think an eagle.
The Fox and the Crane A fox invited a crane to supper, and provided nothing for his entertainment but some soup made of pulse, which was poured out into a broad, flat stone dish. The soup fell out of the long bill of the crane at every mouthful, and his vexation at not being able to eat afforded the fox much amusement. The crane, in his turn, asked the fox to sup with him, and set before her a flagon with a long, narrow mouth, so that he could easily insert his neck and enjoy its contents at his leisure. The fox, unable even to taste it, met with a fitting requital after the fashion of her own hospitality. 252. Jupiter, Neptune, Minerva, and Momus According to an ancient legend, the first man was made by Jupiter, the first bull by Neptune, and the first house by Minerva. On the completion of their labors, a dispute arose as to which had made the most perfect work. They agreed to appoint Momus as judge, and to abide by his decision. Momus, however, being very envious of the handicraft of each, found fault with all. He first blamed the work of Neptune, because he had not made the horns of the bull below his eyes, so he might better see where to strike. He then condemned the work of Jupiter, because he had not placed the heart of man on the outside, that everyone might read the thoughts of the evil disposed, and take precautions against the intended mischief. And, lastly, he inveighed against Minerva, because she had not contrived iron wheels in the foundation of her house, so its inhabitants might more easily remove if a neighbor proved unpleasant. Jupiter, indignant at such inveterate fault-finding, drove him from his office of judge, and expelled him from the mansions of Olympus. 253. The Eagle and the Fox An eagle and a fox formed an intimate friendship, and decided to live near each other. The eagle built her nest in the branches of a tall tree, while the fox crept into the underwood and there produced her young. Not long after they had agreed upon this plan, the eagle, being in want of provision for her young ones, swooped down while the fox was out, seized upon one of the little cubs, and feasted herself and her brood. The fox, on her return, discovered what had happened, but was less grieved for the death of her young than for her inability to avenge them. A just retribution, however, quickly fell upon the eagle. While hovering near an altar 
on which some villagers were sacrificing a goat, she suddenly seized a piece of the flesh and carried it, along with a burning cinder, to her nest. A strong breeze soon fanned the spark into a flame, and the eaglets, as yet unfledged and helpless, were roasted in their nest and dropped down dead at the bottom of the tree. There, in the sight of the eagle, the fox gobbled them up. 254. The Man and the Satyr A man and a satyr once drank together in token of a bond of alliance being formed between them. One very cold wintry day, as they talked, the man put his fingers to his mouth and blew on them. When the satyr asked the reason for this, he told him that he did it to warm his hands, because they were so cold. Later on in the day they sat down to eat, and the food prepared was quite scalding. The man raised one of the dishes a little towards his mouth and blew in it. When the satyr again inquired the reason, he said that he did it to cool the meat, which was too hot. I can no longer consider you as a friend, said the satyr, a fellow who in the same breath blows hot and cold. 255. The Ass and His Purchaser A man wished to purchase an ass, and agreed with its owner that he should try out the animal before he bought him. He took the ass home, and put him in the straw-yard with his other asses, upon which the new animal left all the others, and at once joined the one that was the most idle, and the greatest eater of them all. Seeing this, the man put a halter on him, and led him back to his owner. On being asked how, in so short a time, he could have made a trial of him, he answered, I do not need a trial. I know that he will be just the same as the one he chose for his companion. A man is known by the company he keeps. 256. The Two Bags Every man, according to an ancient legend, is born into the world with two bags suspended from his neck a small bag in front full of his neighbor's faults, and a large bag behind filled with his own faults. Hence it is that men are quick to see the faults of others, and yet are often blind to their own failings. 257. The Stag at the Pool A stag overpowered by heat, came to a spring to drink. Seeing his own shadow reflected in the water, he greatly admired the size and variety of his horns, but felt angry with himself for having such slender and weak feet. 
while he was thus contemplating himself, a lion appeared at the pool and crouched to spring upon him. The stag immediately took to flight, and exerting his utmost speed, as long as the plain was smooth and open, kept himself easily at a safe distance from the lion. But, entering a wood, he became entangled by his horns, and the lion quickly came up to him and caught him. When too late, he thus reproached himself, Woe is me! How I have deceived myself! These feet which would have saved me I despised, and I gloried in these antlers which have proved my destruction. What is most truly valuable is often underrated. 258. The Jackdaw and the Fox A half-famished jackdaw seated himself on a fig tree which had produced some fruit entirely out of season and waited in the hope that the figs would ripen. The fox, seeing him sitting so long and learning the reason of his doing so, said to him, You are indeed, sir, sadly deceiving yourself. You are indulging a hope strong enough to cheat you, but which will never reward you with enjoyment. 259. The Lark Burying Her Father The lark, according to an ancient legend, was created before the earth itself, and when her father died, as there was no earth, she could find no place of burial for him. She let him lie uninterred for five days, and on the sixth day, not knowing what else to do, she buried him in her own head. Hence she obtained her crest, which is popularly said to be her father's grave hillock. Youth's first duty is reverence to parents. 260. The Gnat and the Bull a gnat settled on the horn of a bull and sat there a long time. Just as he was about to fly off, he made a buzzing noise and inquired of the bull if he would like him to go. The bull replied, I did not know you would come, and I shall not miss you when you go away. Some men are of more consequence in their own eyes than in the eyes of their neighbors. End of section 13